Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of Stay at Homer, the podcast where two British men under prematurely relaxing coronavirus restrictions in the UK uh, rewatch every episode of The Simpsons from the start. Lo, my Andrew is name. Oh my god, uh, Tucker, my <laughs> Tim is name. <laughs> um, and today we have reached Season 4. Mm. Episode thirteen, yeah, of The Simpsons, and it's called Selma's Choice. Um, a bit of a strange one, yeah. I think I would say another one of those episodes that sort of feels a tiny bit like it's um, from an early season. Yeah, I think when they when they focus on characters that aren't sort of core family characters or one of the big mm. side characters, that there's always a challenge, isn't there? But yeah, there's plenty of good stuff in here. There is. So before we before we dive in, Tim, um, we find. Obviously, we've had a lot of correspondence again. It's it's difficult to deal with. It is, yeah. yeah. It is pretty difficult. But I'm just picking out picking out something here. Um, it's hard to sift through them all. I'm going to say Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that the sound of emails being opened? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. We've had, a, we've had an email. Sorry. One of, one of the emails we've had is um, from uh, a fellow called Paul Graham. Okay. Um, so Paul's probably now listening to the podcast going, yes. Hello, Paul. Um, and he says, hey, love what you guys are doing. No punctuation there between the hey and the... That's fine, I do that. Um, yeah. I presume, presumably he means the podcast, not sitting around naked recording the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he says, thought, thought you'd enjoy this. He sent us, um, he sent us a little article. Yeah. It says the headline is £350 customer says he was kicked out of all you can eat fish fry for eating too much fish. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Bill Bill With, who weighs £350 and six foot six, went to the Tiensville, Wisconsin restaurant last Friday for their all you can eat fish fry. Um, he says after 12 pieces, Chuck's place <laughs> cut him off. The restaurant staff said they were running out of fish. But sent him on his way with eight more pieces, and he's <laughs> says, and he's apparently been picketing outside with a, just a big sign, um, and it says false advertising on the sign. Fantastic! It's not the snappiest. It's not the snappiest <laughs> slogan. <laughs> it just says false advertising. I wonder if that guy has outside. actually seen that episode. Do you think? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, this is related to the episode where where Homer's thrown out of um, Captain. What's his name? Horatio Hornblower's. Yeah. Yes, for for doing something very similar. <laughs> Once more, The Simpsons. Yeah, preempts real life. If that's true or not, because I don't know about. Because I always now, I just think, is that real? About everything, really. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I see anything, hear anything, I just think, is that real? Or... Well, it's harder now with with Photoshop and and the video equivalent of yeah. Photoshop as well. Whatever that's and called. Deep fakes. That's it. Yeah. Deep yeah. fakes. Yeah. So that's good. So thanks for that, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, any anyone wants to send us a, an email, mm. send it to stayathomeapod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at stayathomeapod. I did, you know, if you want to keep up the series, I and mean, we had done the email about the effigy. Yes, of, um, yeah, that's going well. Jeremy Bentham, which is sort of based on Homer saying he wanted to be stuffed and after he died. But <laughs> So yeah, maybe Mike, get, let us know, because we've got a load of emails just to get through, obviously sift through yeah, them all. But, so let us know. Be specific, you know, mark your email, uh, you know, hashtag stuff of something I've seen in real life that 
that's a bit like The Simpsons or something. <laughs> it reminds, <laughs> Just keep, keep it snappy. It reminds me of the, the real yeah. life Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah. <laughs> a rabid mouse that, that attacked and killed a small cat. <laughs> keep those coming. Anyway, anything like that. Stuff that you see in real life. What is like something that you saw on The Simpsons? I like it. Yeah. Right. Um, so COVID. I've got... Um, yeah, COVID before, Let's move on to what's going on with COVID. I've got one thing to say to you, Tim. What is it? B1 point six one seven point two very wise yeah um what does that mean well it's the name (laughs) snappy (laughs) classification for the indian variant of the coronavirus which um is looming in now over all the euphoria and the post-lockdown easing yes pretty grim isn't it like some sort of dark cloud Mm. but metaphorically speaking yeah of course. Yeah. It's not actually a dark So, cloud, yeah, this is this is what's happening in the UK, isn't it? Yeah. We're basically, everyone's unlocking, everyone's going, hooray, we can sit inside Weatherspoons now. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of worry about this variant, which apparently spreads a lot quicker. Yes. The um, the good news is that that probably means there'll be more stay-at-home podcasts going on. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe we should consider launching in India. Yeah, I'm sure they'd welcome uh, what they've just been through in India, what they're going through in India. I'm sure they'd welcome. Yeah. Two middle-aged British men talking about The Simpsons. There'll be sort of <laughs> celebrations on the streets as that launches. It is a bit worrying, isn't it? Really. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world as well. I, don't, I know you avoid the news, don't you? I do. Yeah, I've, I've found that my life is better without it. Yeah, there is a small matter of a war in the Middle East at the moment as well, Tim. I don't know whether the you... thing is you can ignore the news and you do get whiffs of these things through through people chatting and stuff. So yeah, I did hear about the war. It's like um, we've had one horseman of the apocalypse and we're pestilence. Yeah. So now he's sort of said, look. War has stepped in, hasn't he, and said, yeah. "Well, I'll give you a bit of a break, pestilence. <laughs> and, um, I'll t- I'll take it from here." Let's move on. Let's move on from the horseman of the apocalypse. <laughs> um, I don't think a frothy Simpsons podcast is a place to discuss. Selma's choice. Uh, you know this kind of the territorial integrity of the Gaza Strip, is it really? No, not really. All the apocalypse. Probably... But um, this this episode yeah. was written by David. M. Stern, yeah. who has written previous episodes, including Bart Gets an F, and also the previous Patty and Selma episode, Principal Charming. I think he had a little bit of uh, a stake in Pat- Patty and Selma after after that episode and wanted to keep them going. So yeah. this is this is another one of those. Mm. There's a, a fairly good chalkboard gag. I will not yell she's dead at roll call. Quite good. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a net trap couch gag. We go straight into the show within a show which is an ad for... Well, it turns out to be an ad for Duff Gardens, but it starts off as Lance Armstrong, yeah. the daredevil um, motorcycle rider, uh, jumping flaming buses mm. uh, and crashing into a wall, which is in itself quite funny. It is, isn't yeah. It? And what's even funnier is that they use him um, in the Duff Gardens advert, getting onto yeah. a roller coaster, but he's all bandaged up from his... Uh accident from the crash uh, yeah you get the feeling that wasn't part of the plan that he would crash that he would yeah i think they thought he would land safely and then they take him to duff gardens yeah he's booked in and they've just got to do it even though he's he's all uh bandaged up <laughs> so he's got to go on this roller coaster yeah. again this is this other thing where we heard matt groening saying he wants the simpsons to be grounded in reality yeah. and um we saw we saw a leonard nimoy beaming up and the, the skyscraper the escalator to nowhere mm. in the last episode and here we've got this roller coaster that they're advertising at Duff Gardens that hasn't been built yet. Yeah. And he falls off the end of it. Yeah. Which I suppose is a sort of a joke about Lance Armstrong, but also it's a sort of another sign of the show slightly stepping to the side yeah. of, uh, of reality, isn't it? After, uh, you did say Lance Armstrong there and it's Lance Murdoch. Did I say Lance Armstrong? You probably well? did, yeah. 
Yeah. We need to correct that yeah. for legal reasons. <laughs> Our lawyers would like to point out that um, Lance Armstrong was not her in the me- making of this episode. Well, Lance Armstrong, the cyclist, <laughs> he's all right. There's no, there's no sort of controversy about him, is there? No, he's fine. Yeah, yeah, you did right. everything right. But yeah. this is Lance Murdoch, and he goes, yeah, he goes on the Whiplash roller coaster, which isn't finished. He goes on the washing machine, which is <laughs> washing machine. Yeah. One of those sort of um, centrifugal force rides. Yeah. He's still in his cast and brace through all of this, so it looks deeply uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, we see some other glimpses of the great Duff, um, Duff Gardens. We see f- the fish aquarium where fish are swimming in yeah. drunkenly in beer. <laughs> so this is why this makes me think this is an earlier season thing. I think at least with the animation right. and the editing, it's a bit slower than usual. Yeah, it is. It's a bit slower than yeah, yeah than it has been, and it's kind of slightly more slapsticky and more sort of visual gags and. More sort of Zynga type gags, and yeah, and according to the Simpsons Wiki fandom, the um, the pupil sizes were all wrong in the animation. I, I I can't imagine why that would happen this late into the Simpsons mm. run, but apparently they got all the, the pupil sizes wrong. So maybe the animators were uh, had taken uh, ecstasy <laughs> to get into the spirit. Was it? They just <laughs> they were just reflecting. I'm sure that's the reason, and I think <laughs> David M. Stern was on ecstasy when he wrote this as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the. Uh, it turns out the family are watching this on TV and they're deeply invested in now going to Duff Gardens, which looks like a sort of Disneyland for beer, basically. Well, it's another, it's one of those brilliant things The Simpsons does so well, this kind of uh, shamelessly sort of branded experience. Yeah. That's very, a real great satire on American culture, isn't it? It is. Just a, yeah. the, 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 less, the less appropriate the branding, the better. And we'll see a fantastic example of that later. Uh, Homer announces, we're going to Duff Gardens, <laughs> very confidently. He's just like, we're all yeah. in. Um, it doesn't look like a very family-friendly place, place to be fair, being so beer-focused. But <laughs> but Marge Marge comes in and puts a damper on that by announcing that uh, great-aunt Gladys is dead. Mm. And there's a great... there's a Because yeah. the kids are quite stoical about it. They're like, oh, I guess there's nothing you can do about that. Well, this is one of my favourite Homer moments of all time, definitely. Because yeah. he's yeah. the kid in it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bart says, no point complaining about something you can't change. Lisa is similarly, you know, philosophical yeah. about it. And but Homer goes, stupid dead woman. This <laughs> <laughs> is just a brilliant line. It's really insensitive. Yeah, it's brilliant. I must admit, I have I have had situations where I've done I've that. had that thought as well, yeah. I've been more yeah. I've been well and also I've been more childish than my kids in accepting some change of plan at times. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, my mind definitely goes to this that scene sometimes where there's something happens yeah. that I'm required to be all grown up about. But inside, I'm yeah. thinking, stupid, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is why we love Homer, though, because he, he often reflects, for men anyway, he reflects that male impulse to yeah. um, to behave like a child and be driven by base instincts. Well, as we said before, he's like a dog, isn't he? And there's a there's a John Svotsvolder interview we both read recently where he says something similar. Oh, yeah, that's well worth reading, by the way, listeners. Yeah, um, it is. It's in The New Yorker, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, look, dig it out. Yeah. I think there must be a way to find that on the internet. Too. Use a use a, a web finder and uh, see if you can find yeah. it. And he he just says that Homer's like a dog. Yeah, he's got a dog like tendencies, and that you know he just sort of follows his his base instinct. <laughs> and that's exactly what's happening here, isn't it? He? he just wants to go to Duff Gardens, and he has no sort of adult. <laughs> he has no adult nuance about the unfortunate situation. Just a setback. He keeps saying things out loud as well. Yeah, I love I love that. There's another great one of those coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> So they go off. They they go off to pick up Patty and Selma. Um, yeah, singing songs in the car, really inappropriate songs. Homer leads them to in a in a chorus of "Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead," which yeah. 
probably the last song you want to sing on the way to a it's funeral. It's not very sensitive, yeah. And uh, <laughs> when they pick up Patty and say, he's quite nice to Patty and Selma. He gives them a genuine hug, which uh, I think is quite nice of him, but they, they're not very pleased with it. So they, they bundle them in the car and then... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patty or Selma, I'm never sure which, says something like she was she was a living legend or something. And then Homer <laughs> has a brilliant exchange with his brain that goes wrong. Yeah, he thinks the legend of the dog-faced woman. Um, and then he just says it out loud, laughing yeah. at it, his own, his own hilarity. He's like, Legend of the Dog Faced Woman. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, Oh, well, that's very rude of you. Yeah. And I love the way he goes, What? Go! Like, he's, <laughs> it takes him a few seconds to realise he's been speaking out loud. Yeah. Now, they repeat that gag, Tim. They repeat that gag in an episode coming up soon, which is where he goes to the Duff Brewery. Fantastic. He he does. We, uh, we now have established that Homer and his brain are separate entities, basically. And. He when he hears Pretty much, when yeah. he hears his brain say something he sort of laughs at it he's like quite pleased with what his brain's just said <laughs> but he forgets that he's saying it out loud it's great <laughs> this one where he says I would have never thought of that yeah, I think. yeah that was last week anyway yeah so that, that on the way they stop at a diner the buzzing sign diner which is obviously the best name they could come up with in the circumstances yeah uh, and the nice hang there's a lot of good Homer moments in this episode even though it's a Selma episode is that he can't do the placement mate matt maze brilliant yeah we've all had a go at those yeah <laughs> pans back to show that he's had quite a few tries as well yeah i really like his when when the waitress says uh, do you want another one of those and he says please yeah <laughs> in a really sort of stuffy way exactly yeah he's quite um, lofty isn't he yeah yeah um, his dignity is intact yes yes <laughs> they're definitely getting into that point now i think where they're realizing the show is is about homer the show yeah. is has to be focused on Homer. Uh, he's sort of everything all everything orbits so Homer whenever, yeah. sort of if in doubt, and so you know the, most of the scenes are kind of focused on him, and and um, they get most of the humour out. But I think this is where the show goes wrong later on, and that they just make him uh, unreasonably stupid, right? And that's the joke of the whole show. But now he's a fantastic ingredient. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and the, and the rest of the the comedy. Absolutely, yeah. They get to um, oh, so Marge has a little reminiscence. Yeah, I like spotting film references, and but they actually are quite explicit in this one because um, she's remembering Aunt Gladys, and then realizes she's actually remembering a scene from Prince of Tides. That's right, yeah. Uh, which is quite which nice. is a very yeah. schmaltzy family drama thing. Yeah, but they're on the way to the Lucky Stiff. They always have fun with these titles. Yeah. I do like the subtitle, We Put the Fun in Funeral. Yeah, that's genuinely good, isn't it? <laughs> the only problem with that is it's, it's a tiny bit inappropriate. Yes, that's right. Don't you think? But I think, <laughs> I, think I quite like it for my funeral. I might I might ask for, for somewhere like that. Yeah. But the um, the guy giving the eulogy has no idea. that the, the gag here is no idea who he's talking about. And he, he starts with, he was a good man. Yeah. <laughs> you see, they labour this a bit, but I still find it funny. Yeah. Because he's just getting he was a good man. but And... Um, <laughs> You know, he says something like, he gave a lot to his community, yeah. he asked little in return. And then, um, I think it's Patty or whatever, Selma, yeah. <laughs> says, um, take a hike, Bozo, or something. And then he he says that, she says that, usually you better not show up on the bill. Yeah. Well, I like, I like his response where she says that was a, he says, that was a woman? Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, I like the good Lord exclamation. But also, I mean, that's, again, we've talked about things that would be slightly inappropriate today, because... There's this big thing about Patty and Selma and the whole Bouvier family, apart from Marge, is that they're sort of masculine or something, yeah. isn't there? That they're deeply unattractive, which uh, is a They're smoking in the car, sensitive. aren't they? And they're quite... Yeah. They're sort of like... Hairy legs. Archetypal aunts yeah. that um, 
just seem a little bit a bit odd, a bit scary, perhaps. Yeah. Well, the the kids always shudder when they, when there's when there's an announcement yeah. they're going to see Patty and Selma. There's always a, a, an audible shudder from Barton Lisa usually. I do there. like them though. I do like them. I do. Yeah. yeah. They they work well. And um, oh, Ju- Julie Kavanagh is the uh, voice of yeah, all of yeah. these. She's a virtuoso in this episode. There's one scene where she she does five voices in one scene. Um, but uh, yeah, so Patty does a speech. Uh, she manages to empty <laughs> empty the place when she says she wasn't a rich woman, and everyone gets up and leaves. All right, okay. yeah, that's quite nice. And then we get um, the open casket, which is the second time I think we've seen an open casket scene in The Simpsons, which is odd because. I don't know if this is an American thing. Mm. We'll have to ask Jacob when he comes back on. Yeah, our open casket's just standard in American funerals. Because you don't do that in England, do you? You don't file past an open casket. No, because it's horrific. Yes. Like, who, the f- <laughs> who thought that was a good thing ever? You know, <laughs> Why would you want to yeah. walk past a dead person? The last time we saw it, it was Bart's reverie and uh, Nelson beat up his dead corpse. Yeah, he punched him in the stomach. Yeah, yeah. which is great. In this one, Bart plays with... Uh, great aunt Gladys by picking up her arm. And... But it's a good joke that, that he plays on Lisa when he's hiding. That she she talks to her and and Bart says, yeah. um, "Don't worry about it." Or something when Lisa says, "I wish I'd got to know you more." Yeah, I think Homer gives him the idea because because uh, he says, "Don't hassle the dead boy," and then he says, "They are, they are evil spirits," and I think that's what gives him yeah the uh, the idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a brilliant Homer scene here because he's his he's thinking. I thought this was going to be catered. We're hearing his thoughts. <laughs> I'm really hungry. It's just not fair. <laughs> and then, and then he out loud. He, this is where it works out for him, actually, isn't it? Because out loud he says, "It's just not fair, damn it." And then that, that's it. He sort of got into character, <laughs> which looks like he's mourning, mourning her death. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Marge comes to comfort him, and I, I like that as the audience. We're in on this joke. Only the audience are in on this joke that actually he's mourning the catering, the lack of catering, rather than the, the yeah. death of the. That, that works nicely. And then we get a fantastic <laughs> Lionel Hutz. Uh, I always love Lionel Hutz. He makes yeah. It's nice. good to have Lionel Hutz, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen him for a he while. Says, yeah, Bill Hartman again doing a great job on the voice with Lionel Hearts. He says, uh, "Yeah, this is mm. a great gig. I just have to press play, and that's it." You know, he's really cheerful about it. Yeah, I earn my fee just by pressing the play button. Yeah. I love the fact that um, Aunt Gladys, great Aunt Gladys, recites her her video will, and um, she starts with uh, the, "The Road Not Taken" by Robert Frost. Starts reading a passage: two roads diverged in a yellow wood." <laughs> and then yeah. Homer starts fast forwarding it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, uh, they're all they're all uh, up for apart from Marge, aren't they? Everyone's like, yeah, fast forward the poem. Yeah, um, so I like we... that it rejoins the footage where she says, "And that has made all the difference." <laughs> like, she's just poured her heart out, <laughs> and they're like, "Whatever, what? Yeah, what are really, you leaving us?" <laughs> that's quite tragic. Is, yeah. That is quite tragic. You could because she's obviously put thought into her yeah. final kind of thought about life, uh, and they just fast forwarded it. Yeah. Um, and then brilliantly, Hutz, we hear an overdub, clearly Lionel Hutz saying, to my executor, Lionel Hutz, I leave $50,000. Yeah, shades of Mr. Black. <laughs> yes. And also shades of, like, um, Mr. Snob a little bit. Of it trying is, to get because he doesn't... Well, exactly, he doesn't make any effort to disguise his voice, does yeah. he? <laughs> it's just very... <laughs> And and uh, you know all these the finality of these people, and also Quimby in that last episode when he tries to get the million dollars by saying the fine was only yes. three, it was only two million. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, but he says <laughs> if he, he, says, he says you'd be surprised how often that works. Yeah, I was going to say he's, he's like he's obviously it's worked out for him in the past. You really would, yeah. he says. Um, mm. 
So then we get the will, and Marge gets the potato chip collection that resembles celebrities. Yeah. Which, um, unfortunately, Homer's eating. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem bothered, though. He carries on. Mm-hmm. Sister Jackie gets Jub-Jub, her pet iguana. I love Jub-Jub. Did you know, a little bit of trivia, that it was Conan O'Brien who, who named Jub-Jub? All oh, right. Well, does he own a, he own an iguana himself? I don't know, but he apparently is the one in the writers' room who came up with the name Job Job. Because I, I think one of it's the things it's a good pet, isn't it? It is great. Yeah, it's got a great animation and a great name. It's yeah, a name. I love his little face at the end. We'll I get love to that, that too, later. Yeah. But when she's when he's getting the song sung to him, <laughs> <laughs> he's just singularly unimpressed. Yeah, but also sort of content in a strange way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but Patty and Selva are left a grandfather clock and then a little little lecture on don't die lonely like I did raise a family now 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 um, yeah so we basically get the inciting incident don't we a long, quite a long way into the episode yeah and you know metaphorically she gets a grandfather clock so yeah <laughs> so that sort of um, emphasises this um, this theme yeah well animation of Patty really delighted at the grandfather clock whereas Selma is struck by by the words of uh, you know don't die alone yeah she suddenly feels this panic to um of, you know her mortality yeah. and, well her biological clock isn't it really it's about her wanting to have kids isn't it really yeah. this episode it's about yeah, her absolutely. it's about her sort of hoping to you know to become because Aunt Gladys says to my dear childless nieces Patty and Selma <laughs> she says yes. I leave my grandfather clock <laughs> there's no need for that is there <laughs> it's a little bit yeah but yeah, so on the way home, Selma announces she wants a baby, which freaks out Maggie, who tries yeah. to tries to get out frantically from the car. <laughs> uh, I think Maggie definitely doesn't want to be the baby she gets. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I think we're into the second act now. So we see Selma starting off by attending the Low Expectations Dating Service. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's like the joke name you would come up with when you're conceiving the business. And you go and yeah, not really yeah, go with yeah. yeah, very funny. Yeah, but you wouldn't go with it. But they've actually gone with it. She records a video which is is not very sexy. She no. she does that um, tying up a cigarette thing. <laughs> well, it's like it's is this is uh, Twin Peaks, isn't it? Because in Twin Peaks, yeah, Sherilyn Fenn famously knots yeah. uh, a cherry stem with her tongue. Uh, yeah, fantastic. And um, I reckon they're riffing on that. But here, yeah, sadly, yeah, it's yeah. a cigarette, isn't it? Which isn't quite so. Sensual. In <laughs> <laughs> a little face. But yeah, we see we see um groundskeeper Willie uh watching it in dressed up in this weird sort of seventies disco <laughs> yeah. garb or something. It's quite a nice little cameo. <laughs> Never, yeah. So back to the lock with you, Nessie. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's quite uh he's not that discerning, but he's not going for it. Yeah. So then, yeah, we we get a little bit of a montage. She goes to Princess Opal. Yeah. The, the love potion turns out to be a truth serum. Yeah. Which reveals what's in it. That's quite funny. That's what I mean. These gags, these gags are, are good, but they're they're very they feel very season sort of three to me. Yeah, I agree. I, the one I did like is when she tries checking up the the, the checkout guy at the store. Oh. She, she she leads with, so you're not wearing a belt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you are wearing a belt. No sus- yeah, that's never worked for me. <laughs> that's it. You're wearing a belt. That's it. And then no suspenders for you. Uh, and then she tries, yeah. um, you look good in orange. And I love his response. He says, they make us wear these. Yeah. <laughs> they make us wear these. I love their voices. Yeah, he's the they do. I love voice. that voice. There's another one, like, yeah, like teenagers whose voice is just half broken. Yeah. Just going, they make us wear these. <laughs> and it's sort of like, and he's going paper or plastic you decide that's not very sexy no. <laughs> but uh, that, that made me chuckle that one um, 
Yeah. But then it's Mole Man that uh, she's she's dealing with Mole Man again, uh, again. I like the guy. Sorry, he's he's a, he's other checkout guy. He's saying, "Oh, go for it, man." Yeah. He's trying to get us a, <laughs> see a bit of a milf. <laughs> I think that's a stitch up. I think that's the classic. You know, you're trying to stitch your mate up, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but yeah, she, she. Then we cut to uh, dealing with Mole Man and his um, his car license. Well, they work in the yeah, yeah, they work in the driving association, whatever. Giving car out. license. That's that's like car hole, isn't it? Sorry, driving license. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, that's what they're I testing mean, yeah. Mole Man, and he's sort of completely. He's clearly. Has appalling eyesight. Yeah, <laughs> but she notices that he's single, and um, yeah, because she says it says here you're single, and he goes, "Did I do wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that they keep bringing him back because he died in the last episode in a horrific. <laughs> he's a bit like Kenny, isn't he, in South Park? He's the Simpsons version of Kenny. I've never watched South Park. Yeah, but there's a character called Kenny, and there's a kind of catchphrase of "Oh my God, they killed Kenny," and they keep killing him in those different ways. But he's always, he always comes back. Uh, so right. he's he's reading the menu. He goes, "Cold biscuits." Chicken, yellow, mailman, um, and he says you're reading the wine list, sir. And he goes very good. I just love his his little uh, responses. Yeah. Like he's kind of he's not quite no, I know. Um, you know, he's not quite connected to the world, is he properly? But it's, I think I think uh, Selma's a bit mean here because she's asked him out on this date, and then when he puckers up to kiss her, she gets a sudden sudden realization <laughs> of what her kids would be like. And she kicks him out of the car, which is a bit bit of a great direction here, where you see his mouth puckering yeah. up. Like full, yeah. full frame. Yeah, yeah, I think he can be forgiven for thinking he's in there, don't you? Yeah, there's there's a fantastic line here which is so brilliant, beautifully written, where we cut to back to Duff Gardens again, and the announcer says, "Yeah, they're watching TV." Yeah, they're watching TV. He says, "Come to Duff Gardens, where roaming gangs aren't a big problem anymore." That's <laughs> so beautifully <laughs> written. <laughs> I love that. They don't need to mention. They don't that, need to do mention they? that. I suppose they do. <laughs> they don't need to mention the fact that they're roaming as well. Makes it even worse. Like, like <laughs> they get all over the place, and then they're not a big problem anymore. So there's still yeah, a problem. Right, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that. And it's, I mean, you can see all sorts of problems with yeah. a, a theme park based around alcohol, can't you? Back to that John Spots run into when he says the writing process goes through so many rounds. Yeah, you know, before a gag survives that process it must be good by by the time it survived it mm. that that line where roaming gangs aren't a big problem anymore definitely feels like it's been honed to me yeah i agree yeah, where yeah. you could because your first draft of that would be come to duff gardens where where you know teenage gangs aren't a problem anymore yeah. <laughs> and you go oh teenage gangs roaming gangs that's better that's better yeah what about aren't a big problem anymore that's <laughs> yeah, funnier a, you can really feel the way they've honed it definitely yeah <laughs> But it, yeah. it all it, all of this hints at the at, you know the, the disastrous idea of a, an alcohol themed play park yeah um <laughs> fantasy park for families it just doesn't work and then we get the <laughs> the clean shaven sounds of hooray for everything yeah. the brilliantly named hooray for everything fantastic I think they I think we see them again as well at some point later on. yeah they're in more than one episode <laughs> they're, they're singing walk on the wild side uh, and instead of the coloured girls sing they sing the all races sing so yeah. they have to change the words of Walk on the wild and they're sort of vocalising sort of shooby dooby doo instead of the they kind of ameliorate the song don't they they song this kind of dark yeah I, this kind of dark sort of I love that. You know, vision of New York subculture um, but, I wonder which band they were specifically referencing but there's always a band like that isn't there and every age has a band like that that, that can be uh, yeah, referenced yeah, yeah. I saw non-threatening boys sort of from that world isn't it well at least yes, magazine exactly it's from that sort of world where yeah you know, squeaky clean, sort of steps, S Club Seven type sort of band, where there's no sort of, um, yeah, you know, there's no there's no edge. 
That's right. Yeah. There's no sex Everything's or anything from, like that. Yeah. There's nothing dark love, about it. Well, you say yeah. about honing that I love that they, they introduce them as the clean shaven sounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so. That should be the clean cut, shouldn't it? Yeah. It's just something horrible about that. Um, Lisa, yeah. Lisa then turns to Selma and suggests that perhaps because none of this is working out for her these days, she says, "Why not get artificially inseminated?" <laughs> and Homer, Homer thinks that means you make it with a robot. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> he has to have it explained to him. Yeah, he goes, "I knew that." <laughs> but uh, they go to the sperm bank, which has the lovely catchphrase your sperm in our hands yeah slightly disgusting that's hideous and the, the guy explains to her that there's a rigorous screening process there isn't is there no because barney comes out <laughs> still birthing yeah and he's clearly yeah he's on a bit of a scam there isn't he yeah he's obviously just kind of donating his sperm quite Absolutely. a little bit too freely i love that marge patty and selma look through 101 frozen pops yes sperm bank catalogue here and there's a wonderful book where she says um, oh look, there's a we can get an NBA All Star, a Nobel Prize winner, <laughs> one of the Sweat Hogs. Uh, it's not Horshack. Now, of course, I'm sure Tim, <laughs> you know who the Sweat Hogs well, are. Well done, you found a point that I didn't know. Actually, <laughs> I think I think I know something vaguely about it. Isn't it a, a sitcom which yeah. I think John Travolta starred in? It is. is that right? Welcome back, yeah. Cotter. It's called. It sounds awful. It's like it's, yeah. it looks like sort of mind your language. That terrible yeah, racist yeah. <laughs> sitcom that was on in in the UK in the eighties, in the early eighties. Yes, and that was awful. Looks like yes. a load of sort of like a load of deadbeats in a like a, a remedial class. Um mm-hmm. and um yeah, one of them's called Horseshack, who as far as I can work out is like the clown of the class. I suppose the gag is they'd be hoping to, for the hoping to get Horseshack to donate the sperm when actually he's he's like the worst right. choice. That's yeah, beautiful. thanks for bringing that up. It was a good try. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and here comes one of the best moments of the episode because we cut to um, the kids waking up ready to go to Stuff Gardens yeah. and they pull back the covers and Bart yeah. says, oh, Dad's dead. <laughs> <laughs> when he's actually been eating a sandwich, um, he's, he's been a 10-foot hoagie. Oh, it's yeah. so brilliant, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. He's been nursing it. Yeah, well, we have a flashback to the, the, the company picnic where this 10-foot hoagie has been mm. left and, and Holmes says, I'll, I'll take that, basically. Um, and then, yeah, for, we don't know how long, do we? But it, it's obviously kind of weeks, isn't it? Because yeah. he's still eating it a week later, according to Marge. Then she says it fell behind the radiator. <laughs> what should I do with it? Yeah, pulls it out and says, look, can you can you throw this away? It's clearly starting to rot. Yeah, it looks <laughs> awful by this point. And now, now he asks if he can be alone with the sandwich. It's just a beautiful sequence, a very memorable little sequence. I love about when Marge is saying, "Just please, just throw this away." And he says, "Suggestion noted." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I've got to use that. I can't believe I haven't used that before for well, something that where someone tells me to do something, and I know I'm not going to do it, but I just want to sort of fob them off. Suggestion yeah. noted. I mean, and it's it's sort of by now it's purple. It's got kind of mushrooms yeah. growing out of it by the looks of it. So sort of. yeah, yeah. It's, it's just horrible looking. Yeah. But he's still kind. Of, he's kind of wedded to it. I think. I think it's the taste of it that he treasures. Yeah. Because he kind of. He, he's later on he, when he tries to throw it away. He says he blames the sandwich, and he says he actually backtracks and says I can't. I can't stay mad at you. Yeah, like he's kind of in love with the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. like he's got <laughs> some sort of weird uh, sort of emotional connection to it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But it means that because he's got full-on food poisoning through all <laughs> yeah, of this. Yeah, he's got fever. He's, uh, he's yeah, kind of shaking. Yeah. But I love him going, must go to Duff Gardens. Yeah. And then just yeah. falling over. 
<laughs> and he even gets in the car, doesn't he, to sort of, he's about to go. And then he, he does. They realise it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of his usual thing. Like, if you're trying to pretend to be sick to get out of something, this is try, like, trying desperately to pretend not to be sick yeah. so you can get go to Dove Gardens, but it's not going to work. But this is quite clever, isn't it? This is, this is just to keep Marge and Homer at home. So, so Selma has to take yeah. Bart and Lisa by herself to give us, so she gets an idea of what it's like to actually, you know, actually yeah. be a mother and have kids. Which is the um, the sort of point of the rest of the episode, really? Exactly. Yeah, the final act, if you will. Yeah. So she, so Selma gets to take the kids. We get some lovely insights into it. They get they really have fun. The writers with the the um, Duff Gardens uh, effect. What is it? What would you call Duff Gardens? Well, theme park. Theme park. Thank you. Yeah. We see the Duff Pyramid where twenty two immigrant workers died constructing it. That is a bit dark. Yeah. <laughs> I think Selma says there's plenty more where that came from. And brilliantly, I'll let you introduce the Seven Duffs. Yes, I love the Seven Duffs. Well, we only see four. We see tipsy, queasy, surly, and remorseful. Yeah, they're just basically them. sort of terrible, like sort of costumes of beer cans. But um, yeah, they've obviously been told to behave in a certain way, um, yeah. relating to beer consumption. Different states, most of beer consumption. Well, they're in the right order, aren't they? That tipsy, sir, uh, um, tipsy, um, was it tipsy? queasy? Queasy, yeah, surly and that's the right order for drinking beer, which I quite like. It's a nice little touch. Yes. They could have had a few more though, couldn't they? They could have had like yeah. uh, clammy or grabby would be good. <laughs> weepy. So, so, yeah, weepy, that would be brilliant. Surly is great though. Because they obviously like yeah. like the Disney characters, they have to stick to characters, so Surly is genuinely yeah, yeah. a bit irascible. But as I, as, as I said earlier, now we get one of my favourite parts of the episode that just makes me just cry with laughter. Right. In the Duff Beer Hall of Presidents. Yes. Which is just like a shamelessly branded like, <laughs> historical kind of animatronic show. Yeah. With rapping a- Abraham Lincoln. He says rapping AB. Yeah. Um, I say and <laughs> somewhere watching it. And he starts beatboxing this kind of like um, on over the mic. Mm. And he said, this is Abraham Lincoln in full presidential costume. So bad. And his rap is, I'm, I'm rapping AB and I'm here to say, if you want to drink beer, Duff's the only way. I said, the only way. <laughs> he starts, he goes, break down yeah. and goes back into the beatboxing. And Lisa quite rightly says, this is important. Yeah, and, and Bart tries to pull down the, the shorts of George Washington animatronic. Yeah. Uh, which leads to a slight sort of um, Terminator moment, yes. which I'm sure throws forward to when we finally go to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Yeah, which absolutely. Yeah, it does de- remind me of that. Definitely feels yeah. like a throw forward to that. And, and then at the same time, Homer's in bed with a sort of foam dome of medicine. <laughs> He's drinking through a straw. Yeah, it's like Pepto-Bismol, isn't it? That sort of um, pink stuff yeah. that you line your stomach with. <laughs> and there's a good, not really good gag here, because Marge says, I brought you... Um, a few videos. I brought you Boxing's Greatest Weigh-ins, which is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then uh, Yentl, the yeah. story of a bookish young woman enter, who enters rabbinical school or something. <laughs> and he says, that sounds Barbara good. Barbara Streisand film. Yeah, yeah, it's a real film. And she, he says, that sounds good. Yeah. And she says, my God, you are delirious, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the second Barbara Streisand film we've had. Is it? What was the first? Because we've had Prince and Tides earlier. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they had it in for Maybe they approached us to do a voiceover and she turned them down. Yes. Maybe that's it. 
we, we'll, we'll come back to the Duff Land, but we also get the, the actual erotic adventures of Hercules, which was referenced by Troy McClure in a previous episode. We actually see it now. Yeah, a very odd sort of combination. I mean, it doesn't look particularly porny. It looks more like sort of costume dressed up. But there is a trend, isn't there, for porn films that are sort of based on real films? Oh, yes, yeah. But we, we do see a scene from it where a woman rushes in and says, oh, the, the Cyclops tore all my clothes off. And the only response from Troy McClure as Hercules is, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. It just laughs. Sort of mixing... <laughs> Mixing lost. Greek mythology a little bit there, aren't they? Yes. Just yeah. mixing up the stories. Just just to get the story told. But they don't really care. It's, just, it's almost like stuff they've heard. Mm-hmm. There's like Hercules, there's Cyclops. There's, yeah. let's, get, let's get all that in. Let's get the togas on and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love his laugh there. It's, it's, it's the only response he can give to her, having her clothes ripped off. But Troy McClaw's had a good life, hasn't he, really? Yes. He's had a good time. He's, a, he's definitely been in some great movies. But we're back in the land of Duff. Yeah. Uh, there's... There's the gift shop where Bart tries on the beer goggles. That's that's a fun. They really must have had fun thinking about what you'd find in a beer themed a beer theme park. But then brilliantly they go on the little land of Duff ride. Yeah. Where Bart Bart taunts Lisa, leading uh, to Selma insisting that she drink the water, which is clearly not water. It's obviously beer. <laughs> well, it could be something more psychedelic than that because well, it's clearly more than beer, isn't it? It's yeah. some sort of hallucinogenic. Yeah, because she basically gets completely tripped out, Lisa. Yeah, she takes a handful of this and then goes on a full-on, uh, yeah, acid trip. By the she of sort it. of has like a psychedelic episode, doesn't she? And starts tripping, and then she's looking at Selma, and Selma sort of mutates into this sort of like a Ralph Steadman, yeah, um, type sort of monstrosity. Yeah, and then there's this song that's uh, that's yeah. in the background saying "Duff beer for for you, Duff beer oh, for me." And it's kind of repeatedly repeating over and over yeah, and over. And it's it's has, the they did, I think they render this sequence like really well because it's really dark. It's I actually, went on a ride exactly yeah. like this in Disneyland Paris, uh, or it might be in Disneyland America. I can't remember, but it's exactly like this. With you go in a little boat. Yeah, so did yeah. I. Yeah. So it's it's definitely. Yeah, based. there is. I remember it's 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 Disneyland Paris definitely. Yeah. Just really poor sort of animatronics and um, you know renderings. All from different different countries. Yeah. I remember, yeah, it was yeah. like you know, Scotland, Finland, you know. <laughs> yeah, but not the place to be when you're you're tripping, is it? No, definitely not. And she goes off on one. She floats around the park. It all goes a bit wrong because Bart goes on a roller coaster and then it ends up hanging from the roller coaster. Yeah. So this is really about Selma not being able to control the kids, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's the point. She does appeal to Surly, who turns out to be no help at all. He says, "Surly only looks after one guy." Surly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you a surly drunk? By the way, I don't think I don't recall you being surly in, when you're drunk. But I had a friend who was like that, who who was perfectly affable when he was sober. Oh, really? but as soon as he yeah. took a drink, he would be like really aggressively surly like that. Yeah, funny. That's anyway, horrible, isn't it? Uh, yeah, not nice. So anyway, well, I think then we get... if you were if you were going to be one of the people, if you'd applied for those jobs, then <laughs> I, I would definitely want to be surly. Would you? Like, yeah, it'd be, most it'd fun, be brilliant, right? wouldn't it? You just get to kind of that's you get carte blanche to be rude to everybody. That's that's your job. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be great fun. That would be good. I think I'd probably be remorseful, but um, yeah. just that would suit my character more. But uh, yeah, Homer's just. Uh, oh yeah, no. Before that, we find they they lost Lisa, and so she's freaking out about that, Selma. And then um, they finally bring her back, and she's saying, "I am the Lizard Queen." Yeah, which is a Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison yeah. reference. Yeah, but it's kind of like her. It's like she's had some sort of an epiphany, like some sort of a hallucinogenic epiphany, and um, she's sort of. And she comes home, and goes, can't talk, coming down, and has to disappear and go to her room. <laughs> you know, whoever whoever's written that sequence is clearly knows what it's like. Yeah. 
to take um, to take LSD. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Which I, I have to report to him. I, I have done a few times myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't deny. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just just sort of youthful <laughs> curiosity, <laughs> exuberance. Yes. Yeah. And it, it is it is kind of they they've got it spot on, haven't they? It's absolutely right. Yeah. It's just everything is just weirded out. Yeah, she's sort of waving her hands and watching yeah. the music. I can see the music. Yeah. Yeah. It's great stuff. Yeah, all your senses are kind of... Um... Heightened, yeah. And this guy in a white coat says, gives a load of pills to Selma, and she says, oh, thanks, doctor. He says, oh, I'm not a doctor, which is a nice touch. That's <laughs> so a great this... gag. Yeah, I really like that yeah. gag, because it's because yeah, he gives her lots of pills quite quite specifically. <laughs> take these, and then take these. Yeah. And she's like, thank you, doctor. Oh, I'm not a doctor. And he looks like a <laughs> it's doctor. It's such a brilliant... Yeah. It's a great little disarming payoff. It may, well, it makes sense in a place like that that they wouldn't hire an actual doctor. <laughs> uh, it does make you wonder why they put... should be Doctor Nick, shouldn't it? Really, oh, perfect. Yeah, uh, it, may, it yeah. does make you wonder why they put hallucinogenics in the, in the lake in the the canal. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's a bit, a bit suspect. Uh, yeah, they interrupt Homer just dressed up as Homercles. He's just about to take Marge to bed. Um, obviously, on the men. That's right. But the nice coda to this episode is that Selma says Homer how do you do it you know and this is where she realizes that she could never be a parent because just one and I, I must admit I've mm. got a, I've got a relative who's done this once who looked after my kids and when she brought them back she said I could never be a mother <laughs> um, so uh, you know it's one of those like realization moments of like what p- parenting really is like yeah. so it's quite a nice moment um but we end with her having what she says is I want something you know just to look after and of course yeah. it's Jub Jub we get Jub Jub back I love it she says I just wanted a little version of me <laughs> that I could hold in my arms yeah. and for in her case you know an iguana is that thing isn't yeah, it yeah exactly is it's it's lovely it's the fact that you know your pets often reflect you in her sort of um, yeah Jub Jub is this kind of um, quite a characterless <laughs> sort of <laughs> reptile <laughs> just just slumped in her arms <laughs> and she's <laughs> she's singing um <laughs> you make me feel like a natural woman yeah. <laughs> and i absolutely love his little face his expression i love it too where yeah. he's just he's just like as you said he's just <laughs> he's just a bit bemused <laughs> but also quite quite sort of content you know quite relaxed yeah. <laughs> Well, apparently Patty says yeah, that, um, that who, who had they left it with? I think it was their aunt. She said, oh, she was trying to stab it with a hat pin. <laughs> so, so I think Jub Jub's quite happy because obviously she, yeah. she wanted rid of him. Uh, and now she's, Jub Jub's gone to a great home. And I, I do think, I seem to recall we see Jub Jub in later episodes. I think we, we do, yeah. 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 But it's quite sweet. It's Again, it's, it's a sweet sort of um, Simpsons moment, isn't it, where they get, they get all the yeah. gags out of the way and then the actual, the heart of the, the theme is all about um, yeah yeah you know w- w- looking after something love your yeah, family yeah family. Exactly. yeah great so um, what and it goes out on that song you make me feel like a natural woman so um, any uh, let's hear from you first about your scoring and yeah they should have used a Barbra Streisand song for the rule of three really done. yeah she's probably sung yeah. that at some point uh, I'm going to give it an eight Tim yeah eight's good yeah it's quite a strange episode in many ways in that. It does feel like a little bit of an earlier season, but uh, but then at the same time, mm. it's a bit slapstickier. The animation seems mm. a bit more series three. Um, and when I first saw this episode, oddly, it sort of felt. I remember it felt quite bitty with, you know, some patchy good bits. But the theme, yeah, you know, the theme of sort of, um, I didn't really get all the parenting stuff because this was before I was a parent, and and um, yeah. but now you know now now I feel the 
the the crisp breath of the reaper on my neck you know i can i can enjoy it a bit more i think yeah i think i think i'm going to go with you um i'm going to give it an eight we can't revise old yeah. scores can we because i really wish i'd given homer's triple bypass an eight now do you i feel like i really un- i underscored homer's triple bypass because i think oh, i can change that can you yeah make it an eight I've just changed it, yeah. What what will that mean, though, for people who listen to that episode and then think, I don't want to listen to any more of these guys? They will forever think I gave it a seven. Is there anything we can do about that? I think there's, that's Isn't quite that? a small subset of our audience, to, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your um, your attention to detail, but <laughs> but I think we can safely let that one go. I wonder if we can contact them. I might target them on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that. retarget very carefully, yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I think an eight. I think an eight for this. And the reason why I want to, because I think there's a lot of gags in Triple Bypass that we, we unveil, and there's a lot of gags in this one. And I think just for the Homer sandwich segment alone, it deserves a high mark. Yeah, you it's gave what, Homer's Triple Bypass a seven, didn't you? I know, it should have been an eight. What, what were you thinking? I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking wrong. <laughs> and now I put it right. You put it right. Yeah, you put it right through we've, the through We've the airbrushed history of, and made it... The uh, Apple Notes app. We put it right. <laughs> So yeah, but an eight for this as well. I think it's similar to, in that way because there's something about it that's you know having a Patty and Selma episode, like you said, on the the surface always feels like, uh, but actually this is more of a kind of Homer episode, and the heart of the Selma stuff works well, isn't it? That her yeah. yearning to be a parent, uh, it's really well constructed as an episode. It's really structured well. Yeah, the ending pays off brilliantly, and the gags are great. I love the Homer sandwich moment. Yeah, and again, one of those things where the the thing that's worth at least one point in this episode mm. um, is uh, wrapping AB for me. <laughs> I think he's great. Slightly disrespectful to America's cultural heritage. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for another episode. We've this is quite a long one, and um, I've got to go and play football. So um, yes, you can you may return to your ultimately futile activities yes, for an, for another week. Uh, whoever you are, um, <laughs> we'll be back whether. With latest news on the yes. Indian variant um, B1.617.2 uh, willing, we'll be back next week yeah. with um, with more mm. with more of this. Yes. Whoever you are, we hope you're well. Yes. And wherever you are, we hope you're safe. See you next time. See you next time.